Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the No Pasa Nada Oiga podcast. I'm Ruben, and today I'm joined by my wonderful friend and film school colleague, Kyle, to talk about this year's Oscars Best Picture nominees. Hey, hey, hey. Kyle, how hey, you doing? Doing all right. What's up, man? What's up, man? So we've actually been able to hang out safely throughout the pandemic. So I know he's doing well, and he knows I'm doing well. There's a dog in the room also. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, we love it. And so um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up on the East Coast in South Carolina, and I was in the Navy for five years and did a lot of television and radio broadcasting work during that time. So I would basically just edit stories, shoot them myself, write the script to them, and then send them out to Washington, D.C. So got out, came out here to California to go to film school, and that's where I met you. And we've graduated last year and kind of figuring it out since. <laughs> Literally, yes. <laughs> and you were the editor, one of the editors yes. for our senior thesis film, Amas No Poder. So that even makes our bond even stronger, for sure because it was a huge uh you know accomplishment for all of us so for this episode we're going to be dissecting this year's oscars best picture nominees giving our own opinions to them and it'll windle it'll windle what i can't speak english it'll windle <laughs> down to who we think will win this really really prestigious uh category of the night so before we get into each specific film that's nominated in this category what is your overall opinion and your feeling with all the nominations for this year's Oscars. It's an interesting year. And we we kind of briefly talked about this earlier. There are so many movies that aren't in contention. Oh um, we've talked multiple times about like Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, uh, Wes Anderson, French Dispatch. Uh, yeah. I was, uh, I mean, Tenet got affected <gasps> because nobody got to go really see it. The Whether movies. or not that would have, you know, gotten a ton of a nominations i don't know as to how that affected it, perhaps but i mean there's so many movies when it comes to the oscar season that we don't hear about yeah. until those first few months before the end of the year so who knows what these studios and streaming companies really still have under wraps right now as for the nominations that we've got like now with what we have been delivered mm -hmm. I like the opportunities that a lot of these films have been given because otherwise in so many other years, it, you wouldn't have gotten like a Minari, maybe no. potentially not. Um, promising young woman. Which certainly we're not about a promising like, no, young woman, you know, no. being, being kind of film that is as well, you know, uh, there's so much, there's so many that are actually getting a little bit more light of day. Yeah. Um, you're getting certain films like United States versus Billy versus holiday, you yeah. know, and any other year you might not have heard about that. Yeah. So I, it's it certainly benefits these films and I think it's going to make for a better year to give those kinds of films attention. So we'll see how it fares out. Yeah. The other thing too, though, is this is also the first year where the, the voting body for these, for all of these pictures and nominations, yeah. be it documentary, be it editing, be it animated film, like all of these different pictures mm -hmm. are they're being voted upon by a larger body than we've ever had before. I would have yeah. to look at the numbers by like how much of a greater percentage it is. Yeah. But we might see something it's, totally unpredictable. It's this definitely time. doubled than last yeah. year. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, more it's a than huge doubled. deal. It's yeah. That's what I'm saying. At least it doubled because yeah. I, I did read about that. Um, that's amazing that you said that. Cause I was just about to say that. Yeah. So for all of you that are kind of not super into the whole, the whole, how do you say statistical and the whole technical part of the Academy and you know, what happens behind the scenes. If you've ever been nominated or been a part of a film that's nominated, you're basically part of the Academy. 
And all those people, that's why it makes the award so prestigious because it's your colleagues and people that are making the same kind of art, the same mm-hmm. filmic cinematic art that are voting for you, or maybe not, they're voting for someone else, but it's such a huge deal. So anyway, yeah, the pool of people that vote for these awards are is way bigger this year than it was last year. So that's, that's super exciting. But yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said. I'm also very happy with the filmmakers that were nominated. Mm-hmm. A lot of them deserve the exposure they're getting. And yeah, it might be luck that, you know, they are in this year, this a fortunate year, a fortunate year for them. <laughs> um, but for sure. Yeah. And then there's like those differences where I'm like, Minari would be that film that maybe like if it would have been next year, it would have gotten like snubbed of an Oscar. Mm-hmm. But there's like Promising Young Woman where I'm like, that's definitely luck um, that it got nominated. And we'll get to that when we talk about <laughs> these films. The Trial of the Chicago 7 is a Netflix film. It's very much that, what the title says. It's from the critically acclaimed and award-winning Aaron Sorkin. It's his director- directorial debut. And it tells the story of seven leaders that are put on trial after their groups that protested outside of the 1968 Democratic National Convention. Um, the protest goes violent. And all these leaders of these groups that are like, you know, combine, they are tried. And it's a I thought it was a great movie. I mean, Aaron Sorkin is known for his screenplays, and he actually has a couple Oscars mm-hmm. under his belt. So I, in my opinion, with this film, think it should definitely be in here. Not my top three, but I know that he's being nominated because of his track record. There's that. But in and we're we're just talking about how so many of the other films might not have gotten the amount of attention mm. uh, that they have gotten this year. Mm-hmm. That is not an issue with travel of Chicago seven. This is, Netflix knew what they were doing mm-hmm. when they believe it or not, they actually bought this movie from Paramount. Yeah. So Paramount was doing this movie. They bought it and they know what they're doing when they get a movie like this, a film like this is like, this is right out of the gate. This is, Strong. Oscar bait. This yeah, is Oscar, Oscar bait. bait. This there is everything go. we want it to be. Yeah. This is a conventional film that you say, oh, that's going to be up for best. For picture. sure. Whether for or sure. not it would ever win or not is up yeah. to th- th- that same voting body. Yeah. Uh, and what it's going up against as well. But yeah, when you've got a name like Aaron Sorkin attached and it's like, <gasps> who's going to be, what what movie is going to be his first film that he directs? This is True. what he wants to come out and, with. And I mean, Aaron Sorkin's amazing. And a when I was watching this film, the first thing that came to mind, making a movie that has to do with like a trial is a lot of work in terms of the script. So mm-hmm. like props to him. And it was amazing. I was entertained most of the movie, <laughs> all of the movie I was entertained. So props to him. It has six nominations, which is, which is awesome. A lot of these contenders have six nominations, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that movie does. Uh I don't know if I see it winning any other categories. Do you, do you see it? Well, do, so oh, as far as like best picture, if it had like an outside chance, what do you think would be kind of holding it back compared to some of the other ones? Like what do you, we obviously liked it, but what maybe didn't you like about it or so, what held it back? So even though the father is not one of my top three, or I don't think, or it also has its own characteristics that's like keeping it from winning. Um, the father, for instance, it's, it's not so much cast we go deep into their like stories and their mm-hmm. backstory and like all their emotions and everything with the trial of the Chicago seven, since it's a trial movie and there's seven of them. And that's just including the ones that are tried everyone else too around them. You don't get much backstory. There's you don't get much of depth. Moving pieces. A lot of moving pieces. Exactly. So in that, like now knowing that and speaking about that, I think that's, what's going to hold it back is that it's, a great film. Um, it talks about, you know, the historic event that happened, but it doesn't give us so much depth with this, with the characters. I don't really 
feel anything for them. Well, I do kind of, but not as much as these other films. I, I'm curious to know how that would affect it because one of the mm-hmm. things I think when I saw, and and I was really moved by the movie as well, yeah. uh, in, incredibly moved. And I've enjoyed most, if not all of the things he's ever done, the Aaron Sorkin. American um, President is one of my favorite films. You've got it. I mean, between Social Network, the, Social the work Network. he's done on West Wing, like the man... <gasps> A Few Good Men is one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. So it's like up and down the ladder, he's always been killing it in yeah. that respect. But this, I mean, the Aaron Sorkin world is a very like highly idealized world. Yeah. So it's in the kind of like romantic ideals of what this world should be like and all these yeah. things. It may or may not always represent true reality. Uh-huh. It, 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 whereas like some of the other films that we see are kind of a little bit harder to the core of like, mm-hmm. this is the real world we live mm-hmm. in. You know, it's for better or for worse. We're not trying to teach you lessons. We're trying true. to actually just show you what the world's like. Yeah. His is a little bit more like, sit down, let me tell you how we can be better. True. And it's like, not everyone wants to be preached to uh-huh. that way. Whether or not that will affect people's outlook on the film, I'm not a total 100% sure yeah. if, if that will affect people's judgment. Yeah, and also speaking, uh, amazing, and also speaking about like track records and how Aaron Sorkin is this like literally, like literary genius in terms of script writing and everything. Also the fact that, you know, we're living in this like pandemic and COVID era, they don't have that much of a chance to do the whole for, for your consideration events and mm-hmm. campaigning. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if track record really even like makes a big difference with the pool because if the pool's so big and they're not because you know like they say meeting the filmmakers in person oh yeah yeah yeah. like like any election too like any kind of competition if you meet the person and they're humble which i've seen aaron sorkin is very nice like of a person i think that helps them get more votes but we don't have those kinds of events but I have I thoughts. Uh, I have thoughts similar to that as far mm-hmm. as the schedule of release when movies come True. out but i'll save it for the end when cool. we're really kind of talking about what we think is going. okay amazing so travel chicago seven and next we have sound of metal my gosh get what what do Goodness, you think about because i i mean you saw it after I'll, me I'll, but you already knew you, you already take knew. this first because okay, I'll, I'll close up with this Ooh. okay so sound of metal beautiful it's by amazon studios it has six nominations and i wrote that sound of metal is just imagine being a heavy metal drummer and losing your hearing a musician a musician i mean yeah. That well that's that's the movie's impactful to me, I think, because I'm a musician. So that's great yeah. that you brought that brought that up. But also going to CSUN, I had a lot of friends that were deaf or hard or hearing or were in that major. And we our CSUN campus is so huge. It's like yeah. the second largest deaf or hard of hearing. I remember community. walking by that building all the time. I yeah. That, yeah. I mean we have like our own our own like college that's all deaf or hard of hearing studies or deaf studies. And the story in itself is so strong and Riz Ahmed killed it. My gosh, we'll get, I, okay, well, I'm going to say the other awards, cause we're not going to go into every category, but the other awards, we're going to just put them out there that I think that this movie could win is Riz Ahmed for lead actor. I mean, I feel the same way, whether mm-hmm. or not that comes to fruition, I'm not so sure True. it's going to depend uh, on what people <laughs> vote for like, True. and where their hearts are at at the moment, because, uh, it's it's gonna when people see the names and they see Chadwick Boseman, it's gonna be hard to like say no to him to mm-hmm. vote for someone that whether or not the technicalities of their acting skills are on dis, on full display, like what their hearts go with, and it's hard to tell someone not to go with one because one is better or, or worse. Or, exactly. So that part's gonna be interesting to it. And we were just talking about it, you and I, like the that whole thing, how Chadwick Boseman, yes, he's phenomenal in Marini's Black Bottom, which 
in my opinion, actually is a snub of the best picture category, but it's an adapted screenplay. There's a lot more yeah. that goes into that. But um, yeah, he's Chadwick Boseman is stellar in, in Marini's Black Bottom, but he was young and I don't think this would have been his best work. I think he would have still given us like more relatively things. young. Like he was still like, I think late thirties. Yeah. And, I mean, he had so much of his best career still ahead of him. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, like I mentioned to you, like the last time we've really had a post posthumous award was like Heath Ledger. And it's like at, with Heath Ledger, we were already getting like broke back mountain. Uh, we Joker. Were, yeah. Joker. Like, we were getting like some major, like he was already getting nominated for so yeah. many great films. He had roles, like a track record behind him. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we felt like we got something and then the joker role was a, a genuine best yeah. supporting actor that year and there's a difference between supporting actor versus main actor when mm -hmm. you're giving someone a post posthumous award and it's like you're like ah it's 90 percent there like maybe it mm -hmm. could have been better or his next film or his next two films would have been even better as for riz ahmed it's gonna that's what we're saying this uh -huh. is gonna be a very difficult vote for some people because yeah. they're voting with like their eyes and their heads versus mm -hmm. their hearts and i at the end of the day i don't even know who i would vote for even yeah. though i know who i feel did a better job this is like this is our black panther man like hey, that's what yeah this is how we're leaving him you know in this world now yeah. you know the yeah last and then impression. You, exactly and then you think like maybe he like my mom says shoulda coulda woulda doesn't exist no. so if this is like if this is chadwick boseman's last ever like opportunity to an Oscar. How did we leave it? How did, yeah. How do we yeah. leave it? Like, but in terms of talent and, and their work with their film, I think Riz Ahmed would take yeah. it if he doesn't take it. Um, and Chadwick Boseman does. If Chadwick Boseman was still with us, Riz Ahmed would have to take it. Like, I'd be like, yeah. he needs to take it. So I, I agree with that. But what else do you think of Sound of Metal? Well, it will certainly, we agree on this. It will certainly win the Sound Awards. Yeah. I mean, sound it's, it's in the title, scene. but it's mm -hmm. also in the subject matter as well, because he, he loses his hearing and then we go back and forth between like what we hear in the regular world and kind of how he interprets the world, how he hears his world. And initially when I was going to see this movie, I had some like half apprehensions because so growing up, my father was like 90% deaf. Like wow. he had surgeries where they had messed up his hearing worse. Oh, it was further no. botched. I was only like five or six and it was like, still they had messed it up worse. And so it, it, over the years, it would just kind of get worse and worse. Now I would say he's probably like 98, 99, but he has hearing aids and he wow. can hear. Uh, and he can hear like you and me, like normal voices, as opposed to in the film with you know, no spoilers, but it's like, things are not perfect. In, it's intense. In his, in his yeah. experience, in the character's experiences. But um, so I had apprehensions from that because I was like, oh man, this is going to be very real and intense. Well, you have a deeper connection to yeah, the absolutely. subject. Yeah. Well, I was so surprised like <laughs> in watching that it's really, it's so much about hearing, of course, don't yeah. let me like take you away from thinking that, but it's, it's more about being isolated. Yeah. It, this movie is almost like if you took <laughs> someone and threw them into isolation, like in prison and told their story and all the, all the books that they read, all the thinking that they do, all the psychology that this character is going through yeah. and, and, and the world that they, ah, oh, it's just, it's so profound in that sense. And I yeah. think this is my personal feeling about this. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it wins Best Picture, I think it's one of the movies that, like, over the last or the next ten years, if pe if enough people see this movie, it'll be one of those great movies that, like, how did people not talk about this more? True, because of its subject, it's not politically charged. It's not having to do with with, with the current times at all. Yeah. 
but it doesn't even like, it doesn't even give you like that big of a hint of like what time it like where are we no, in time no. where are we in location like no it's very much it's such a beautiful film and it's going to age well like it apply and and because and the only way it can apply to today is everyone went through this That's this year say, isolation even if you have your voice you're you hearing everything your mind. if you don't have any anyone or anything yeah. to use it like with then why does it matter kind of thing everyone went through it what you see in the film everyone goes through to some extent he just goes through it times 100 because he can't yeah. change it we all got to at least at some point see a friend mm -hmm. leave our place like do Talk whatever one exactly. through facetime or phone you know he's losing everything oh that's so beautiful and yeah i think no i i know it should win the sound editing and sound mixing oh, categories yeah. like we just said and i actually experienced the film watching it with headphones on and i was telling kyle um because we watched these movies in in different order and i had already watched sound of metal and i i, I was telling him how much more impactful it was hearing it or watching it with headphones because at some point i had to take a break of how anxious i felt because they make you you feel i mean you listen truly to it around, experience it. you truly experience like close obviously i'm not saying that we know how it feels but it's a really great way to imagine how it would feel. And I just took off my headphones and I took a breather. Also, the movie is really impactful and emotional. So I was like, okay. And then I went back into it. But I think watching it with headphones made it even better for me. It was just so great. Awesome. I think it's going to do well. Um, I'm hoping it gets at least the sound awards. And Riz Ahmed, we already talked about him. Sound of Metal, amazing. Next one that we're going to talk about, changing it a little bit with our energy, is Promising Young Woman. Five nominations. It's that film that we're saying that might have not been this lucky if it would have been last year or next year. What are your initial thoughts? You've seen this movie, right? I did see yeah. it. I saw it in theaters. Oh, um, nice. And I didn't, I knew it was nominated for Best Picture. I didn't know of its other nominations. And then mm -hmm. coming out of the movie, I looked up its other nominations and I kind of didn't know why, why? it got <laughs> editing uh writing original screenplay oh, that part, i feel yeah. like there i feel like there's other ones that were Killed more it. way more worthy of a screenplay because as i'm watching it i'm just i, I was and not knowing it's nominated for it yeah. i was watching it like dang this is clunky like i just don't <laughs> know people that would ever talk like this i don't yeah. it was just so like disjointed in that sense and then mentioning all of those categories and then to see it's nominated for best director i was kind of like and this is their first film. Like yeah. this is the first movie they've ever directed. And they're giving them the full package of nominations, yeah, like the best nominations. That's, yeah. that's tough, man. Like that's really tough for me to kind of swallow. And it's, and this isn't and it honestly, I, I'm trying to remove myself from it because mm, it's like, good. Hey, I'm a straight white male. You know, how good, much do I have yeah. to say on the subject nice. matter? It's, I try to remove that and just watch the film for its actual like how Structure, it's put together everything, and everything yeah. like that it's act carrie mulgan i i told you the first she, my first she, reaction yeah. she's like she makes and saves the movie yeah like, so her getting nominated i'm like hey she could she could win yeah. it you know mm -hmm. but for everything else i'm kind of like Ugh. but then again i have to i went to letterboxd one of my first things afterwards and i don't do this for every movie but i want to i generally want to see how people are reacting to it and mm -hmm. it's it's doing what it's meant to do it's meant to shake the tree yeah. and see what happens and yeah. it's getting very mixed reviews some mm -hmm. are agreeing with what i'm saying because it's just a clunky movie or whatever but some are saying Hey, this is like, this is what it feels like. Yeah. This is what, and to that, I can't even argue. And that part makes sense. Like who, yeah. who am I to say that you don't feel like that? Yeah. And it's doing something that a movie hasn't really done before in that mm -hmm. sense of like, Hey, 
let's let's make a revenge film out of this. Let's mm-hmm. do something where like women have felt like we should get back at these assholes. Let's actually see what happens when die when someone does do exactly. that. Exactly. I think uh, this movie is a solid film. It was the film that could walk so that more could run in the future. I agree with that's that. what I'm saying. Like I think this one got lucky and it would have it wouldn't have been nominated, but it would have given the chance for people to see it. Maybe other like filmmakers and creatives to see and be like, oh wait, I like I would I have a story like that that I would like to say. Because I even think like, with the backstory, the whole traumatic I didn't even explain the film, but the whole traumatic uh, experience of the best friend of the lead actress or the lead character passing away. I don't think they juiced that enough in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like I would have wanted to see more flashbacks, things that would actually impact me as even a male. Cause right now we're going through this whole exactly. movement of, yeah. you know, not all, not all men and stuff like that. So I think I would have been like, Oh, Whoa. Like I, I could be, I could do better to help like this situation and stuff. But again, that, that didn't it didn't give it to me but it it, it gets things down stylistically it's a very interesting movie like Mm -hmm. the neon colors the pop of it in general like the sort of the bubblegum pop of like it that it has that appeal and so as many things as i've said uh that that rubbed me the wrong way about the movie there are so many things that it got right because it was a fun movie even though it's somehow which is it's hard to if no one's seen it and you're talking about like oh it's a revenge about someone a friend getting raped like how could that be fun no it is it goes for it like yeah this is this girl is She's she's killing it. Think of yeah, the like female Carrie John Mulligan. Wick, you know? Yeah, I, oh, I love that female John Wick. <laughs> yeah, Carrie Mulligan's character is very, very light uh, Like yeah. for us. Like, we enjoy her. And I'll give the little brief description that I have. It's uh, the, the film A Promising a Woman is a young woman who seeks vengeance after experiencing and living through the traumatic death of her best friend. Um, and everyone that stands in her way or that she meets is kind of like a victim in her story. Um, so well, well, everyone that's in it uh, had, participated had participated in some way, like mm-hmm. the college dean or, you know, mm-hmm. the fraternity brothers, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, when you watch the film, you'll see what we're talking about. But um, it has five Oscar nominations, and it's definitely actually my last one on my personal list of the Best Picture winners. Yeah. I, I just don't think so. But at the very top of my list, though, is Nomadland. Nomadland is a beautiful telling of a woman's journey through the American West as she tries to heal from everything that the Great Recession has taken from her. It has six nominations and a solid contender this year. It's the favorite. It's the favorite. Yeah, I mean, they were saying this, how, what, a year ago or six months ago? Yeah. I mean, if, if this was always like going into like the Vegas mm-hmm. odds, like yeah. Nomadland was going to be the <laughs> one to win. Yeah. And what's been interesting about that, though, is normally when that's the case when people make their year ahead predictions about things like things shake up and things change a lot mm-hmm. over the course of time because of like release schedule or whatever's going on yeah. or like what you're talking about doing the press junket yeah nomadland has always been at the front yeah. the entire time and yeah. still kind of is maintaining that position not that it's like a racehorse where you can actually measure these uh-huh. things but it's the one if i'm not mistaken that won the golden lion at venice right you're yeah i'm not you're like you're barking sure. yeah you're, you're, you're barking at the wrong tree i don't know on <laughs> <laughs> but i uh, it goes with the whole like prestige that it carries with it with it's like festival circuit and everything they've mm-hmm. done really well and after watching it 
deserves everything that it's yeah we should say we watched this together this is one of the few that we got to see together uh through what it was on hulu yeah Yeah. so it's i mean and that's something to say in and of itself is that so many of these are kind of running on streaming services or at least Uh, half of them and nomadland if it were to be able to go on and, and kind of win something like that that's not just big for the film itself and for the director being that it's a female director as well being yeah. she would be the second one to to if she wins best director yeah. as well but it would be the first for a streaming service to win yeah. best picture so this would be in a year of everything that's different that would be something else that's kind of shattering things yeah and and i'm sure netflix would be pissed about that <laughs> oh i know i know netflix would hate that but no Man was amazing i definitely really appreciated the film francis mcdormand i mean what i mean she's also nominated for lead actress yeah i think after best picture lead actress and lead actor are the biggest categories and i think she was so good for this role she i i feel like we were watching a documentary uh, actually of how truthful all of the characters actually we're talking about francis mcdormand but you and i were talking about how the extras and the background and even the other supporting actors and actresses were uh, we, we were i think i remember you saying like where do they find these yeah people? and i think i i'd read much later they're not and some other films have done this kind of approach where they're not traditional actors wow. they're casting regular people <gasps> from these regular lives Amazing. so that you can feel it when you see them because they don't fall under the conventional guidelines of what an actor or actress mm-hmm. is supposed to look like mm-hmm. you know let, let alone sound like yeah exactly and right now i'm remembering like roma alfonso cuaron yalitza paricio Case look at, point. Look at literally. Look at where she got with, and she was, uh, how do you say, giving company to her sister at the audition. And then Alfonso Cuarón's like, "No, bring me her." And she's like, "I'm not an actress. I don't do this." And wow, amazing. And her but it, Roma was beautiful. But it makes the film because yeah. you, when you look at the person, you feel like, "Oh, I'm not watching a movie then." Exactly. And that's why I felt with Nomadland. Yeah, with Nomadland, I didn't. Now, when you're a, a truly transcendental, transcending, <laughs> transcendental. We'll go with either. New word. When you're on that high of an echelon of an actor, you can feel like you're not an actor. Like mm-hmm. when you're watching them, you're not seeing an Ooh, actor. And that's what Frances McDormand is. Yeah. And that's what she embodies. Like when you watched her, you're like, she, and to her credit, she, it's because she doesn't follow the glitz and the glamour of what Hollywood is. I was just about to say that. I just read an article where she's saying that she is so happy that she didn't do press junkets. She didn't do anything when she was <laughs> doing other movies, like not talking about her experience or anything into depth. And she's, it's, she says it's paid off. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that goes with her method of acting and everything. It probably helps that she's not in her head that she's an actress kind of thing. If you start your career like that, you know, if you say, hey, I'm Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm never going to do SNL or the or Tonight Show or anything like uh-huh. that. If you start that way, you can keep doing the rest of your career that way. But you also got to be able to bring it and you have the credibility to show that you're not doing that, you know, you're not going to follow the conventional way of mm-hmm. doing it. Be consistent. And Frances McDormand has definitely been Certainly. consistent. Jesus. Um, anything else with Nomadland? Other... Uh, well, cinematography. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because that's oh. one of the things that immediately jumps out to you, even before Frances McDormand's probably even spoken a word. You yeah. know, you're already looking at everything that's happening on the screen. Um, the one thing that it could lose to uh, is Mank. I think out of everything else that's in there, it's like uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah is in there. I feel like that. I mean, it could it could pull something, but I feel like between Nomadland and Mank, in the cinematography of what category, right? do, yeah, in yeah. the cinematography category, what those two films are doing are just kind of 
uh, they're on their own level. Mm -hmm. Mank as well, yeah. I mean, it's a really good film, and they're going with a very ambitious approach in their own film. So exactly, and honorable mention film that we got to see was news of the world you and i saw that together and that's loved a, it as well loved as well tom hanks um but the cinematography is what it's up for and i think those three are fighting for it um news of the world as well like minari and nomadland is very much about that space and mm -hmm. like the vast lands but even you and i have talked about how minari nomadland like once you get a little more into the film of minari like 15 minutes and 20 minutes and you realize that no it's not as vast and as um expansive expansive where nomadland is expansive beautiful shot in very difficult times in the day a lot mm -hmm. of purple hour a lot of sunsets and we know well at least me being a cinematography student um that's hard well i can't remember if it was in your description about the film but she's traveling so much throughout the southwest the mm -hmm. redwood national forest the you know new mexico arizona colorado utah like she's going all over these locations as opposed yeah. to like news of the world or minari in, in arkansas like they're 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 in a very fixed place yeah so what they're giving even, us with nomadland yeah. is just as expansive as we're uh -huh. describing and i think news of the world is um, a contender in that cinematography category also because it's very much the Western aesthetic. It's fantastic. And if you enjoy it's Westerns, it's a great movie. And they do, with the cinematography, they do some things that I've never seen in a Western where they actually get the camera off the ground. Yeah. Like when you're actually soaring in the sky and yeah. looking at towns from above because typically you just didn't look at a Western that way. You always mm -hmm. stayed grounded because there Ooh. were not planes. There were not anything like that. So drones. There the were no drones. Yeah, there were no drones. Director Paul Greengrass definitely did something there by trying to show us from more of a movie standpoint of, about that world. The only disservice that does that is done to that movie mm -hmm. is that we saw it after Nomadland. True. <laughs> because that's its own. I told you when we watched it, I was like, we're watching a modern Western. Yeah. With Nomadland. And going with Manx, Manx cinematography. I feel like any of the nominees in the cinematography um, category, you should watch in the theater. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what lacked with Mank for me. Like, I don't think I appreciated the cinematography as much because I watched it on, you and I watched it on Netflix, like on my, yeah. what, like 65 inch TV. And mm -hmm. I feel like Mank, if I got to see it on a big screen, I would appreciate a little bit more. Mank is a story about the historic writer behind Orson Welles who did Citizen Kane. And the whole story is about like the race to the deadline to finish Citizen Kane. Um, really cool that it takes place in Victorville too, for the most part. <laughs> and I live in Hesperia. So I thought I was like, whoa, that's like what Victorville used to be just desert and cacti. And uh, yeah, I it love still it. Is. It's, and it still is. We're barely getting a Chick-fil-A like sometime soon. Um, but yeah, and that one is up for 10 whopping Oscar nominations. That's it's a, a very lot. technically precise and, and calculated movie. And you get that when you get a David Fincher film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Make no mistake about it's it. It's like everything is calculated to make it perfect. You'll do a hundred takes, you know, if you need to do it, but we're going to get it right, mm -hmm. you know, and the lighting needs to be just so. And that's why it's nominated for cinematography True. and nine other awards. Yeah. So, and it's in black and white. It is. It is. Which is why it's really cool when a black and white film is nominated in cinematography because the color is you not being used. Everything. Yeah. And the yeah. color, they're not using color, if you can kind of say, to their advantage. Um, what do you well, what film? do you, so obviously, and we kind of fall into this camp as well. A lot of people didn't necessarily enjoy it. You know, what, what do you think that is for? Why do you think that is? Okay. I, I think it's because, well, the first thing I think it's because of the hype. 
So, okay, you and I, I going agree. to school, going to film school, Citizen Kane is like, ooh, the best picture of all time. Like, that's how and, our. And not just film school, in the world of in films. In the world of Yeah. I love that. American in the world film of Institute, film. it's still ranked number one. It's number one. Time. Citizen Kane is the number one film, like the best film in history. Um, uh, American film. American film. Oh, that's great. American film in history. All of history is Citizen Kane. So the hype to learn about, you know, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but Mankiewicz's freaking story, like to finish writing Citizen Kane, uh-huh. I don't know. There was too much hype. Therefore, I didn't think it it lived up to it. Yeah. I, well, I think the other bit of hype too is it is a David Fincher film. <laughs> like too. anything that he does, we're going to be so interested in seeing his thumbprint on it. And then it's also like it's not his – original script it's like mm-hmm. it's his father's script mm-hmm. that he had like a, a a dream project over the years and years mm-hmm. that he was finally getting to make happen so when you hear that you're like oh my gosh this is beautiful and t- i mean we mentioned the word oscar bait before yeah this is that's oscar you're right bait up the film. alley of oscar bait you know but the thing is that's interesting about this is when it's david fincher he, he doesn't always get nominations for everything he does no. because when he's doing what he wants to do like his niche thing mm-hmm. be it uh going back to like uh fight club or more recently to um girl on the train i girl think on the train when he's doing like his wheelhouse of like weird dark things that people love the most, mm-hmm. uh, those don't typically garner not, a lot of nominations. Yeah, they're not Oscar bait It's films. when it's Curious Case of Benjamin Button, um, Social Network, which he yeah. doesn't even write, you know, but has a mass appeal because of the subject matter itself. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that he gets a lot more attention for. And that that's kind of falling in line with this film as well. Yeah, and Gary Oldman, I mean, amazing David Fincher. Is he nominated for Best Director? No. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, he is. Okay, he is. so he's nominated for Best Director. I think Nomadland has that in the bag, in my opinion. I agree. Chloe Zhao, wow, like, my gosh. And uh, Golden Globes, if we're looking at the Golden Globes, she won that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important, and that's going to go for a benefit. But we'll see what happens with the BAFTAs, because that that the whole difference in the big prestigious awards like their circuits and their nominations they're very different this year and that happens very rarely so we'll see and it's gonna i think with the baftas i think that we've we talked so much earlier about the the acting awards i think the baftas are really going to shake up the acting (laughs) awards i wonder if that's going to be so much the case with the directing ones because Mm -hmm. i feel like chloe zhao is such a heavy favorite and when you look at the other contenders it's like uh, Thomas Vinterberg for the foreign film, Another Round, which it's great that he's nominated. <sighs> You've got Emerald Fennell, who we were just talking about. Eh, like, very fortunate to be nominated for Best Director for a, a feature film debut in Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to like, you've got Mank with David Fincher, Chloe Zhao with Nomadland, and one we'll, we'll talk about later, Lee Isaac Chung with Minari. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chloe Zhao seems like the standout. Like when you're yeah. just measuring movie for movie, it's yeah. like she knocked it out of the park. And she if did. I'm if I'm right, I'd have to look. I believe <laughs> did she write it as well? Chloe or Zhao was one of the writers. She was one of the writers. Okay, I'm not and seeing she, it for original screenplay okay. though, or or adapted. But, but she was a producer. No adapted screenplay. Oh, so she nice. she so Nomadland is for adapted screenplay. So. Yeah. 
It's wow. Chloe Zhao, it's like a rising star right before our eyes, man. Like, yeah. and if you like small indie films, like watch what she's done. We've talked about some of her stuff with the writer. Mm-hmm. She, what I love about her, and and I'd mentioned being from South Carolina, what can really <laughs> drive me crazy in the world of Hollywood is mm-hmm. that we forget so much of the rest of the world, oh, let yeah. alone the rest of the country. Oh yeah. And what she does she she doesn't seem to to represent these rural areas that she my goodness reminder again a dog getting up and down with nails scratching a hard before i love it it's okay um she doesn't seem to represent when we look at her and we think a hollywood director we would think these hollywood conventional things like yeah. david fincher i think he grew up in la but she her subject matters are so unique and representing something that people don't typically make movies about. Nomadland. I had never heard of Nomads. Yeah. Till Nomadland. Like a whole different kind of story that she brought to the forefront. And it's huge that she's being nominated. And she's about to go on and do Marvel's Eternals. That's what which I was, is yeah. of all things to do the kind of story that that's going to be anytime you're talking about characters that have been around for thousands of years, mm-hmm. like we can't even think about where their minds have been what they think how they see the world and they've been on planet earth all this time and you're like chloe zhao take this and run with it like i want to see what you have to do with this and it's so promising for that film that you're saying oh wow this woman that's doing these very heartfelt low level very character driven films is going to take over something that I don't even feel comfortable calling a superhero film. Yeah, and the, and the, I mean, what does it say for her work and everything yeah. and her work ethic and her, her personality, everything that she's making into this huge franchise? What does it say that she took it? Well, yeah, what does what it say, does it say about the project it? that she read it and says, Because wow, they're offered this is it, be, they and have that, to pick it. And that Angelina Jolie wants to be in on it. So like, like all these great high level, <laughs> we're cooking pozole right now. <laughs> we're gonna eat pozole, we're gonna take a little break. <laughs> And we're back. Thank you for stirring the pozole, Kyle. <laughs> I burnt my tongue tasting it, so that was cool. Yes, he is gifting me with um, some pozole for dinner, and I'm super excited. Um, but yes, looking out for Chloe Zhao in the future with her projects that are coming up, and I'm really excited for It's her. great to see because it's like when you see someone doing things so quickly, right out of the gate, project mm-hmm. by project, no misses, you're like, oh my God, we're gonna get this for a lifetime. Like we're yeah. gonna have someone that's already getting it from the jump. Yeah. I, I, you know what I think of when I see her? I think of like Bong Joon-ho. Yeah. Like that they got it from the jump. Mm-hmm. And now we have a future of films from them where everything that they do, we're gonna be captivated and looking forward yeah. to. I'm just anxious about everything that comes yeah. from them. Yeah, and Bong Joon-ho, for all of our listeners, you all, um, is the director of Parasite. Amazing film. So we're gonna move on with, that's funny that we're talking about these like diverse directors and everything mm-hmm. too, because we're moving to Minari, another favorite this year. And Minari is about a first generation Korean American family that is risking everything when they buy their farm in Arkansas in the eighties. Beautiful film. I have, you know, some personal connections to this cause it's the immigrant, mm-hmm. the immigrant story about like mm-hmm. struggles and, and not knowing and being frustrated at, you know, economic wealth or economic stability not coming to you fast enough. So then you take these big risks that 
they might they might not help you at the end of the day. Uh, Minari has six nominations, and I'm excited for it. I loved it. What about you? What do you think? I really enjoyed it because I I think you could put this on in front of anybody, and I don't think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that doesn't agree with any of the sentiments in it. Like it's it's uplifting. It is about the greatest parts of what America is supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, especially during all of these times where we're questioning a lot of American values and what they truly are and what they're supposed to be minari comes in and says like hey we we all have the same things in mind we're all just trying to get by we're all just trying to take care of our own families Mm -hmm. and and when you have that kind of sentiment behind your film it's hard to to not do well or it's hard to not even disagree with it like it's so it's it's it couldn't be couldn't be better in that sense and the whole like spiritual like stuff that goes on with the in the movie is beautiful uh, the relig- journey of the father the journey of the yeah. father and religion comes into it as well and i think they did it in very good taste they mm-hmm. brought up they brought up all these um topics in really good taste um and yeah i mean it we're seeing the experience of the immigrant family coming into america and and wanting to be better and I also love the actors. I mean, the young actors in this film, the, 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 the little kid, um, I don't know his name, but, or I don't have it on like, yeah, in front I was going to say the little kid, I typically the little, when kid little kids are nominated yeah. every year. It's kind of tough to remember yeah, their but names. Yeah. The little kid, he's the only one that's, you know, tremendous actor though. Like he does so well. Like he's, I mean, we, we may not know his name, but he, he, tremendous. he propels the story forward because yeah. you're like, I remember being that age and feeling yeah. that way. And he, there's so many things that he does that you're like, that makes sense. I remember being a kid and, and seeing the world through his eyes. Yeah. And, the cast itself, the father figure, the the mom, the grandma, and the huge like story of the grandma coming to visit, and um, the grandma, the, the little kid's grandma. So the the mom's um, mom. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's what a grandma. <laughs> the, okay. the, grand, the mom's mom. Not, it could have been the father's mom. The mom's mom comes and visits, and it's the whole. I've even felt that like my parents have when they first started like living and doing well here in the United States. I remember like my mom and my dad would always have like the a little bit of like like embarrassment because it wasn't like the life that they were like Mm -hmm. saying that they would have and everything but it's because like you're going at your own time like don't rush things like that'll happen and my and my grandparents never cared about that like they thought we were living life amazing and there was a prosperous future in the ahead so i loved everything i love the cast amazing um i don't know now watching all of them because minari was one of my top favorites and it still is it's really hard now. It's uh, it, as great of a film as it is. I would be interested. I think it falls in the top three or four and mm-hmm. that could surprise. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily going to win, but I think it could like, it could come out of nowhere and just do it. Yeah. The only thing is, and this is not to say how, how necessarily my viewpoint on it or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's an unfortunate kind of, uh, uh, viewpoint or, or prediction yeah because parasite won last year i wonder if that will be in the minds of the voting body that a a korean film even though this is technically not American, a, this isn't yeah. coming from korea it's the director is korean but and they're it's, speaking, it's yeah, his they're personal korean story too, yeah. of what it's like growing up in arkansas and seeing his father and mother trying to get it together and mm-hmm. make it it, because it's so recent in the back of their minds of the the voting body that I wonder if they'll say this was a great film, 
but I feel next. like we just kind of got yeah. something in, in similar light, you know? Wow. And I mean, maybe not even for discredit. Like it has to do with families that, that don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. and are just trying to figure it out. So yeah. not that the two movies are anything alike uh, yeah. at all. <laughs> But I wonder if that's on on people's minds. And then when they look at the rest of the best pictures in front of them, they're like, "Oh, this is so different." And yeah. they want some. They want the new, fresh thing that is coming around the corner. Yeah. And right now, they're saying difference. I think moving on with the father, mm-hmm. that was a very different film to all of these other nominees in the way that it told the story of a father who's played by Anthony Hopkins, who's battling Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. is living with his daughter. The daughter is feeling the weight of having to take care of, you know, her dad, her life is passing by and wasting kind of her time. And it's such a hard thing to watch, but I love how they told it. They told it. You haven't seen it. Kyle hasn't seen it. Yeah. I'll come out of the gate. This is out of everything for best mm -hmm. picture. And even some of the, some of the actors and directors and stuff, this is the only one that I haven't seen. So I actually will have a question for you. You mentioned the weight that the daughter has to deal with. Yeah. Is it, Olivia Coleman. I'm sure, and this is the 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 nuance of the drama that she has to play out. But how yeah. much of it is responsibility, and how much of it is like obligation, where she feels like she's she oh, doesn't know obligation. she can do this anymore. Like, yeah, ob- obligation. Yeah. I mean, um, she's even trying. Like she's it's Olivia Coleman that plays the daughter, and mm. I'm, Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins dynamic in this film was stellar. Oh my gosh, but Olivia Coleman is older you know like she looks older too in the movie they kind of make her look a little younger than she is in real life but even then i think they did it on purpose to show it's an obligation she feels obligated to take care of her father and it's not a a labor of love anymore yeah it actually and then the the gruesome or hard thing to watch too is that anthony hopkins the father character um like is very vocal about like how she's not her his favorite daughter because there's two daughters not her favorite daughter he forgot that his other daughter passed away oh, yeah and that's like not most of the film like the film still has a lot of details you need to watch yeah but imagine so it, it, it's not a labor of love anymore it's it's an obligation and the film was great it it, it really talks about how it's not only the person that's battling that like their head their mind um you know um is deteriorating deteriorating no it's everything around yeah. them the one thing that i and even though i haven't seen it like i've mm-hmm. still i it's in my immediate plans too just because yeah. i want to see it even though it may not even come close to winning but yeah some of my favorite pictures films of all time are chamber dramas when they just take place in a very fixed space in yeah, one that's, room that's in, movie. in one house and they never leave. And that's the case with him because he yeah. has Alzheimer's. He can't leave. He's not allowed to leave. And a lot yeah. of that is because it's, it was a stage play before it was yeah. a stage play. So that's wow. the setup for the film and that, but it actually applies to it. It actually makes yeah. sense. It works for being a chamber drama like that. And the way that it's told it's the, it's chronological in his head. <gasps> And that's oh, if you haven't seen dro- the trailer, it's it, it it comes across, and you'll have to tell me. <laughs> like it, it comes across as like a thriller. Yes, like he's it, being targeted. <laughs> he's being chased. Yeah, and ev- and the world is after him. Which that's what they if you're feel, in that world, that's, that's what, what they feel. Think, yeah, yeah it, it's they, you start forgetting. You can't even have a conversation anymore. Like of of course something's beating you up inside. Yeah. And amazing film. I I like, did not know it that. Makes you feel very frustrated. That. Like wow. while you're watching, it, it aggravates. It's like. Oh, like nothing is making sense, but it's how he's living. And at the end of the film, the story kind of goes to the, like now you're like an outsider and you're actually seeing Seeing what it's like for her. Exactly. What it's like for her and what it's like, like 
to not be that person yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything you know gets cleared up at the I end. Did I did not know it was chronologically like in so it's head. jumping around somewhere wow that makes it even more the like, locations change oh, very no very slightly to throw you off yeah, even more because he's lo- like he's losing, he's losing things it. he doesn't know where things are at or where he left them so the items exactly. are actually moving because he yeah. thinks they're moving yeah yeah it, that's wow it's breathtaking um but yet again, I think um, it's one of those films that definitely deserves this honor. But it's low level genius. It's like, low level now that genius. I'm thinking about it and haven't yeah. seen it. I'm like, gosh. And, and I mean, Anthony <laughs> Hopkins coming from the two popes. Yeah, he definitely is showing a different side to his acting chops with this film. I I also just felt for him. It was well, really he's rough. shown his acting chops over the years. He, True, he, he's, I mean, he's Hannibal Lecter. Over the years, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, over the years, he's Hannibal um, Lecter. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, he's one before. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. He's, he's this is not his first foray into the acting exactly. nomination world. But I feel like the since the two popes was last year or yeah. the last Oscars, I feel like that and then this right after, like, he has work. You know, like, mm-hmm. good for him. But he's showing a lot of which recommended as a double feature. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, watch it. Uh, the two, the one of the popes goes crazy. It's actually a dementia (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh now to a more high key contender and one of both of our favorites this year is judas and the black messiah with six oscar nominations and this movie is based on the true story of bill o'neill who actually trades his freedom uh, and not being incarcerated and everything to be a spy with the black panther party for the fbi amazing film i loved it everything about it actually and I feel like this movie is different to the rest because it attracts and entertains such a broad audience compared mm-hmm. to the other ones. I mean, I took, I just watched it actually like a week ago. Um, and I took my brother who's 14 and my cousin who's also 20, 21. And they were hooked because it has action, it has story. It's, I think it's great. It's really well round. a rule up really well-rounded film you don't even have to be truly interested in the political atmosphere of Mm -hmm. the current times of of the 60s or anything like that and it's because they boil in this element of the crime drama yeah and and it's it's the director that you have to give every bit of the credit to because Mm -hmm. this fred hampton bio had always been from what i had heard had always been floating around hollywood for a long time but it's very difficult to make uh, a bio about any prominent black figure in American history, mm-hmm. especially before this last year, these last few years. Uh-huh. Uh, it, I've I've heard, hey, it, even the director himself, Shaka King, has said, "Listen, it's 2020, 2021, and we mm-hmm. still haven't had a Louis Armstrong, you know, True. biopic." Now that may change, of course. But because it's so difficult to get something made, and maybe in some people's eyes, it can just be so charged, mm-hmm. and people don't want to touch it. Uh, he gets he he just interweaves a crime drama element, the genre of crime drama, to it, so that someone like your brother and someone that's twenty two, <laughs> like anyone, can watch anyone. it because they are actually drawn to what's going on, even if they don't know the history and everything that's going on yeah. and the kind of controversial things of hey, they're using this guy to secretly do this and like all this yeah. stuff. Even in terms of trailers, like if you put all these trailers together, <laughs> one of the best trailers of all time. And that's yeah. not that's not hyperbole. That's not me like just being a prisoner of the moment. Like this is of the last five to ten years, Hi. one of the best trailers that has mm-hmm. ever been put together and edited. Amazing. Like it's incredible. It's incredible. And like like right now when we're talking about broader audience, and I think that's why this one's going to be even more favorited. I think with the big the larger pool of uh, voters that we have this year is that if you put these trailers together, this one still sticks out so much. Mm-hmm. It's, it has everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's 
so um heavy like well you can kind of say it's heavy on the topic and like it's it's based on a true story so they have a lot to live up to but they did it and i honestly think it's it's really strong in winning this category it, and surprising it has, us it, the subject matter because it is what it is and the times that it has mm -hmm. come out in could or may or may not like push people away or bring people in like whatever mm -hmm. your stance is politically socially whatever those those things are to you i i would not even think about that when you come into this movie because if when you get to hear david kalua be fred hampton he's not talking like where where he's talking speaking from the pulpit which in the movie he literally does but he's he's not preaching to you like how you should be he's preaching to you about what life actually is for you how yeah. you are already being treated whether you are white whether you are black you are at the bottom of the barrel anyway yeah and, and the government is over you and they're telling you how you should be happy no matter what even though you can't afford to do this you you can't you can't have your voice heard in that respect mm -hmm. and a slight spoiler because it comes so early in the movie and this was one of the first things i had told mm -hmm. you when i had seen it yeah uh, speaking to its broad appeal when there's a part towards towards early on in the film when uh the, the leader of the black panther party fred hampton goes to meet like oh, the yeah. confederate members of the south yeah. and and initially there's a lot of tension in the room because it's like oh these people should not get along at all like hey we don't even like black people they should be with in anything here. yeah and yet he tells them listen like we have more in common than you realize exactly that more things are holding both of us back than are keeping us separate and when you have that in your movie it's the common enemy like who yeah. is your common enemy stop like trying to fight each other and that's really relevant relevant to our times now where everyone wants to stand out everyone wants to be individualistic wants to have their own group their own political party their own this exactly. when we all at the end of the day are trying to get to the same like enemy or the same we want to tear down the same group or person and, and i think that's and i think that's the so vision funny. of the director that they mm -hmm. know hey when we're making a, a film about this kind of subject matter we don't want to to ostracize anyone. We're not trying to have people feel isolated and feel like, yeah, you're wrong for feeling this kind of way. Yeah. It's saying that like, no, it's just that we all just kind of maybe aren't seeing the bigger picture yeah. because it's on both it's sides. I guarantee you that there are probably people within the Black Panther party that didn't mm -hmm. exactly, that, that Fred Hampton had to talk to and say like, no, 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 brother, like you don't get it. Yeah. Like, we actually represent this. Yeah, which does happen in the film with it a couple does. of his members. Yeah, it, it was so clear, um, but I, I honestly think if there's one, okay, now we're going to go into like what our top three yeah. or, and then we'll go into who we're going to The moment win. of truth. Yeah, the moment of truth because we've gone through all of them. Okay, so my top three for best picture and then I'll pick- Are top, you ranking them? I'll top three. The we'll pool? do, we'll both do top okay. three and then we'll do at the end who we're going to think okay. is going to win. Oh, but my right. top three, this also helps our, for all of y'all to uh, choose which first movies you should watch yeah. be right before the Oscar. Um, the Oscar's in April 25th. Okay, mine are- ranked from third oh i have to rank them dang okay my third would be minari second would be nomadland and my first would be judas and the black messiah with sound of metal being fourth and really close to taking that do you, now is that your ranking for what you think is going to win yeah okay okay I think um, Judas and the Black Messiah could take it. Cause I, cause I, in my mind, I basically have a different like order of like what I think will win. And then what, what I think should, should win. win, you know what I mean? Oh, dang it. What should win is like, not always going to go year to year. What actually does win or like last year, okay. you know, I was like, Parasite should win. And it just happened to coincide with. Winning. Okay. We're going to restart this then. 
moment of truth now that we've gone through all of the best picture nominees with this oh no wonder i could hear something i was like it just started happening <laughs> that's so funny okay moment of truth now that we've gone through all of the best picture nominees okay so we're gonna do the who should win who we think should win yeah and who is do do like do like one that you think should win and then kind of and then a ranking of like what you think will win Oh, okay. Because just what you should okay. win, it's tough. Who should win then? Yeah. It's very, yeah. Okay. So it's very different. Who should win is Sound of Metal. I'm so glad we agree on that. Yeah. I'm so glad win. we agree on so that. So yours would be who the should win? Sound, Sound of Metal. Metal. And the reason being is because I we kind of mentioned before of like that 10 years from now, like this, this movie was still going to stand out it's from all of well. these rest. But it's because it hit so Nomad Land is deep, Minari is deep, and metaphorical. Mm -hmm. uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, very deep, and Shakespearean. Like Shakespearean we, we, we probably didn't even say, say yeah. that earlier. Like tra Shakespearean. tragically Shakespearean. Yeah. Look at the title. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Sound of Metal hits on such a deep register of the human consciousness of like who we are as as individual people and how we get by in life. That mm -hmm. I, I just can't I can't fully describe it until you've seen it. We yeah. can do our best to say. But it's why I said so many times. It's not even about uh, about being deaf. deaf it's it's not. not about have having lost your hearing. It's like it, I just couldn't even equate it to anything else that I would think. Like you like, said, it's about life and like being isolated, being deaf, being this. Being there's so many. What who who, who so many. What ways. really makes you you? There you and, go. And and how do you find Ooh, happiness cute. in life? Mm -hmm. Like it's. Cause he even has a love interest in the film yeah. and like, not even that, like she's like, we'll work it out. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah, just let it, like, let it happen. You might be deaf and everything. And that's not enough for him. Mm -hmm. Like the, his love interest telling him this is not enough and he needs to find us. And even everything himself. we're saying is skimming the surface because yeah. when you see it, you can tell like the, how much thought has been put into this that you you've experienced a, a lot of life. Like, yeah. I don't know if I think we saw that the writer and director, they coordinate together on different pictures, mm -hmm. like place beyond the pines. The director of sound of metal was one of the writers for place beyond the pines. The director of place beyond the pines was one of the writers, writers for this. Yeah. So they, and they plan on doing more stuff in the future, but for anything like this, whoever writes this, whoever directs it, you have to have such a wealth and knowledge of just philosophical thinking, because as you get deeper into the movie, mm -hmm. some of the characters that are around him and surround him and try to bring him into the fray of, of how to live in a new way in of, a deaf community, yeah, in a deaf community, but just how to live life again, yeah, how to be able to sit still again, exactly. And and, that. and that's what this guy has such a problem. He can't just sit alone with his own thoughts anymore because everything is torn down, yeah. Oh, so that's wow. the one that we think should win. And wow, I'm glad that we um, agree on that. Yeah. Now, what we think is going to win now, seeing... Oh, also, right before, though, Sound of Metal, also in my opinion, out of the six nominations, I think it has the highest probability that it should win most of those nominations. What's the like sound one? Like, cause I think it'll win both sounds. I don't think it's, we even, even talked about acting already. It acting, should win the, like Riz Ahmed should win actor. If we're talking about like mm -hmm. his acting and his work and his talent in this film. Um, the other three nominations, I think it's also in editing. Uh, editing, I think sounds right. Yeah, it sound is for editing. editing. It also, is for editing. Also great and amazing. I think that editing is well, my, obviously super important for the film to work out. An um, original screenplay. An original screenplay. I don't know if it'll get original screenplay. I think that's gonna go. It could. Screenplay. It could. But it's yeah. like the original screenplay is so open for so many. Like that. That one year to year 
anyone could get it because it's hard to compare like what's one great classic literary novel versus another Another. when you're comparing these two great ideas picking one is like it's a crapshoot yeah but i think it definitely has a really good shot at it winning most of those nominations Mm -hmm. maybe just not original screenplay but everything else amazing now which one we think will win that's that's the true money question first. because it's really difficult. Okay, so ranking them. Um, okay, we're gonna rank them, and then the yeah, last I'll, one is I'll your do, one. Your I'll own. do. I'll do. Are we doing like three or four? Or we'll do top four, half. Okay, half if if I do top four, then I'll throw Sound of Metal is like at four. Okay, three or four. It's kind of interchangeable for me with like Minari, where I think yeah. it's gonna fall, and then the top two slightly interchangeable. But what I think will win. Okay, I'm I'm gonna put it all on the line now. <laughs> I think Nomad Land is too, and I think Judas will win. Okay. I think it's gonna be a surprise. I yeah. think it's gonna do kind of what what uh, uh, Parasite did last year. Yeah. Where it, 1917 is going so <laughs> yeah. hard and heavy across, and uh-huh. should for uh, by many people's accounts, not mine, was gonna win Best Picture. Yeah. And then Parasite, the rightful winner, won. That's not to say I that think it's like last year was the one that we would have said should win. Actually yeah, yeah, won. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Judas and the Black Messiah as an entire film, be, up and down the ladder, but God, No Man Land too. And so it's really like, you, it's kind of tough because it's like you put it into a corner. And that's where you're, you're comparing two films that are like so on equal levels. Mm-hmm. And it just they just hit different notes because both of them have incredible acting. Both yeah. of them have incredible directing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is- Incredible screenplays. Yeah. And we- well, we, I can even make the little side note where we were saying um, earlier in the award season that this was going to be a great season, mm-hmm. like a great yeah. batch of nominees. Like that's why it's so hard to pick. But you're saying I'll then, say Judas. I'm going to settle Judas. on Judas. But I will say now that I'm looking at the directing list, Shaka King should have been nominated for Best Director. Oh, yeah. And and that would have taken the Promising Young Woman directing slot. Yeah. But, and then Shaka King would have been huge competition to Chloe Zhao, which is crazy. Okay. So my ranking would be Minari, fourth. Third, Sound of Metal. Second, Nomadland. And first, Shoes in the Black Messiah. Yeah. It's funny that they're the same, but hey, we're both uh, film geeks and everything. It, but but that's how it also, but that's I, just, that's life. You exactly. know, the Dodgers are favored to win the World Series. They're allowed to win the World Series. Exactly. And they lost a lot of times. <laughs> but I think it's, um, Nomadland is definitely, Chloe Zhao's going to take directing. I want her to take it. And yeah. I think that's, I'm going to be happy with I Nomadland she, taking that. With Shaka King not being in there, I think she's such a the clear, clear winner. runner. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, we... I just read that the they won like some of the higher like producers guild of America awards, which is huge for them. And when pe- and there we've talked earlier, I mentioned Bong Joon Ho. When people mm-hmm. listen to Chloe Zhao, I know your reaction to her. When people listen to her speak about how she feels, her convictions about film and what she was doing with this, yeah, people want to reward good stuff, exactly, and good minds. And yeah. the, she falls under that. So yeah, know? her as a director is going to take that Oscar. And Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah. Is our number I, that's one. That's what I think, yeah. And I, for me, I think it's going to be greatly because of this story and how it's actually about unity. Uh-huh. Like, even though the main story is about Bill O'Neill and him, be, him being, like, the traitor, I mean, re, I mean the title, Judas and the Black Messiah, he's, like, the traitor. He betrays, like, the Messiah of, mm-hmm. of this Black Panther Party chapter. But underlying is how we were talking about the confederates and the other like gangs that are also black and that it has a broader appeal that broader. people realize yeah and it, it really talks about how there's strength in unity if we all kind of come together and see um the single like way or the single thing that's like take uh, keeping us apart we we can tear it down and i love that i think that's going to be a great 
um, movie to win this Oscar if it does. And yeah. one more thing to add on <laughs> is we, we talked so kindly about Sound of Metal and how deep that can get into mm-hmm. things that they say. And that's why it's original screenplay. Mm-hmm. But Judas and the Black Messiah, like there are so many moments in it where when Fred Hampton is speaking and teaching the kids and teaching wow. just people in general, not just about like speaking truth to power, but just try to redefine the way you see the world, how yeah. things are, or or rather how things could be different, that it doesn't have to fall under this kind of way or this sort of system of thinking. When you when you listen to him speak, it's incredibly profound. And it's not in, in any manner that's divisive or trying to tear anyone up. He's just trying to break the mold. He's trying to just say, hey, you wake up, shake it up yeah. and wake up. Exactly. All right, everyone. Well, that was it for this episode of the No Pasa Nada Oiga podcast. Thank you so much, Kyle, for being here. I was glad to be here. It was a pleasure. It was such a good, good time. And I mean, go to the movies, everyone. It's time. The movies are opening back up. The theaters are opening back up. Go and support them. They've had a tough year and there's amazing movies to go watch on the big screen. Take a break and go watch some movies because at the end of the day, No No Pasa pasa nada, Nada Oiga.